Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that is key to our faith staying strong, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you always to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Help somebody else get into God's Word. Help somebody else grow in their faith. Help somebody else come closer to God, and maybe even help them get to heaven by getting them into the God's Word through these studies. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're talking about a heart problem. Again, not a heart problem that's physiological, having to do with that muscle or that organ within our chest, which pumps blood throughout our circulatory system every single day, all day long throughout our lives. No, that's physiological. That's medical. We're talking about a heart problem that has to do with our, the seat of our thinking, our mindset, our conscience, our culture, our spirit, our soul. We need to stop and think, where is my life centered? That's really what we're talking about when we're talking about a heart problem. Now, it's I know, again, people will clutch their fists, they'll pound on their chest, and they'll say, I just know in my heart, or I feel in my heart. Well, that's not really, <laughs> when they're pounding their chest, they're, they're pounding it over that muscle in their chest. That has, that, that's not the seat of thinking or conscience or morality. That's a muscle that pumps blood throughout our circulatory system. We're talking about something much deeper. Well, laziness is the heart problem we're talking about in this particular line of study. And that might catch a lot of people by surprise. They might think, well, what, what are you, laziness, heart, a heart problem? Yeah, yeah, it's a heart problem. We're not talking about somebody who's taken a day off or just, you know, they're tired, you know, one day, or maybe they, they just, you know, don't go to work for a couple of days. They call in and they say, listen, I need some time off because they got to catch up. They got to rest. They got to relax. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who is habitually lazy. They're lazy by choice. And real laziness, it is a choice. We're not talking about somebody who's clinically depressed and, and they can't seem to get out of bed every day until way into the day who just can't seem to have the gumption to get, get themselves motivated to do anything hardly, that's, that's a medical disorder. That's clinical. There's some problems with how the synapses in the brain are firing or not firing or misfiring, and that can be treated with medical, uh, with medical help. That's not what we're talking about. That, that, that person, that's a clinical depression, and they cannot really help themselves by themselves. They need medical help. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a person who just does not want to work. Now, they may say they want to work. They may, oh, yeah, I want a job. I, well, okay, you know, this business over here is hiring, this fast food place. I don't want to flip burgers. Okay, oh, you don't really want to work, do you? Now, you can make all kinds of excuses. You can say, no, that job's beneath me. Really? Beneath you earning a living? 
for yourself and maybe for your families? You just want to live off the public dole? You want somebody else to take care of you? You see, that's laziness. And it's a choice. It's a choice. And as we pointed out in our introductory remarks last time in this particular line of thought and study, uh, people who are who are largely unproductive because of laziness are not just a drain on society because they're expecting somebody else to take care of them. And, and in, our, in our country, in our culture, our society, we, we want to be benevolent. We want to help people. But we have created a kind of support system that in a lot of cases, contributes to a person just plain being lazy. We take care of them to not work in a lot of cases. And from a political perspective, a lot of times when that starts getting challenged, then, well, you hate people. You don't love people. You're, you're, you don't want to be benevolent. You don't want to help people while they're down. No, we want to help people get up. That's, that should be our mindset in our, in our country, in our society, in our culture. We want to help them get up because ultimately laziness is not going to be productive for their well-being as far as what they can achieve in a really positive way. And so, but it's not only unproductive, it's not only a drain upon society, but it is an ungodly mindset fundamentally. And we need to come to grips with that. Now, while neither the term lazy nor laziness are found specifically in the text, in writing to the church in Thessalonica, the apostle Paul dealt pointedly with the principle of living a lifestyle of laziness. Now, we read this just briefly before we closed last time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning with verse 6, reading through verse 15. Now, let's look at it more closely. Paul first, he erases any ability on the part of the reader. Now, we're talking about if we want to live a Christian life, if we want to live a godly life, truly godly life, pleasing to God, serving him, dedicated to him, obedient to his teachings, then we have to understand, you know, his word is there to guide us in his will. And when we read a statement from the Apostle Paul saying, we command you, that's not, that's not just a good idea. It's not a suggestion. Let me, it's not just let me throw something at you and decide what you want to do. No, it's a commandment from God. It's a commandment from God. So he says, we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is, when he says in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's saying by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Now withdraw, we're talking about, we're talking about church discipline here, and that bothers a lot of people. They don't like the idea of church discipline, but it is written down for us in God's Word in a number of different Scripture texts, and it is for the well-being of the person who needs some discipline from a spiritual perspective, and also 
for the well-being of the church so that whatever the disorderliness might be, it is not allowed to, to have an influence of spreading within the congregation. But now when it says disorderly here in verse 6, withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly, then we probably would start to think, well, troublemaker? Maybe somebody causing disruption, confusion? We might even zero in and say, must be a false teacher out there, teaching error. That's not what Paul's talking about in this particular context of Scripture. This immediate context, and it would be a surprise to a lot of people if they really got into it and thought even halfway carefully about what he's saying. He says, so again, that you, that, that, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you. So Paul says, we gave you, when we were there, he and his co-workers, we gave you a good, positive, godly example in our spiritual lives. And that reflected in our physical lives, the way we lived before you. And then he goes on in verse 8 and says, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. Oh, what? but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. What's Paul saying? We worked for a living while we were there with you. We did not depend on any of you to feed us without charge. We earned our own living while we were there with you. We worked a job. That's what he means by walking disorderly? Yep. In this particular immediate context of Scripture, that's what he's zeroing in on. We, you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. Now, you see, somebody who is purposefully lazy. They don't want to work. Now, they might say they want to work, I want to, but, you know, when it's offered to them, they don't, they don't want to work. They just want somebody, and in a great, to a great degree, they want the government. Now, who funds the government? The people who are working, taxpayers. They want the government to take care of them. And to a greater and greater degree, a whole lot of people, a big percentage of our population today wants the government to take care of them on an ongoing basis because they're lazy. That might make them mad to hear somebody say that, but that's the fact of the matter. The short and the sweet. In verse 9, Paul goes on and says, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you ought to follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. Now, wait a minute, Paul. This is really politically correct, in, incorrect, politically incorrect what you're about to say. Uh, well, but he was not a politician. When we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he 
eat. Boy, that would not fly in our culture today, would it? Just such a dogmatic, short and sweet, black and white, bottom line statement, fundamental truth. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we bear, for, for we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner. Disorderly? Again, not working at all, but are busybodies. That's not what we would expect to understand from this text of Scripture about disorderliness, is it? But that's how Paul identifies it. And he's writing God's Word, being guided to write what he wrote through the Holy Spirit. We'll look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to understand our need to be productive, to be responsible, to be godly by, if we have the physical and mental ability to do so, to work a job, to earn our living, and support our families, and thereby giving you glory, being an example of godliness in our lives. Please be merciful with us, Father. Please guide us. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.